Um, good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here, and I never do the right thing with my microphone ever. It doesn't matter how many times they've told me what to do. I never do it right. Anybody here shop at Costco? Do we have any Costco shoppers? Yes, awesome. So my husband and I love Costco, and we um, love the two things that are they're loss leaders. That means they take a loss on these to get you into the store so that you'll spend more money. We are like prime people for that to happen to. Anyway, the two things that we always get, we love on Fridays to have lunch there. We have the hot dog and the drink for $1.50. Um, it is really good. I love a hot dog. And then the second thing we do is we usually bring home a rotisserie chicken. It is huge. It is $4.99, and I eat it all weekend long. I love Costco. I love rotisserie chicken and hot dogs. Like, that's the way straight to my heart, if anybody was wondering. So I was cutting up the rotisserie chicken on Friday night, and I pulled out the, the wishbone, and I showed it to David, my son, who's running around here. You'll see him. Um, and I held it up, and I, like, broke it and told him, like, I just made a wish. And he was like, is that what you're supposed to do with the wishbone? I was like, I guess. That's what they've always told me to do with it. Y'all know what a wishbone is, right? It's the, like, it. Good, oh my goodness, a troublemaker right there. <laughs> um, so anyway, we like break it, I make the wish, and um, David's like, what's your wish? And I was like, you're not supposed to tell people what your wish is, right? Y'all know this rule, right? I'm like, I can't tell you what the wish is, David, then it won't come true. And he was like, no, mom, you can tell me, I won't tell anybody else. And I was like, nope, I'm keeping my wish to myself. But it made me think for a second, right? What, what is it you wish for, David? If I would have let you break it, like what would you have wished for? And he said, peace, Mom, peace at school, in our home, peace. Like when Dad watches TV, he's been watching some of the stuff that we all see on the news. I, I want peace, Mom. And I was like, that wasn't my wish, but now it is because you're way more profound than me. But I spend time asking people, like at coffee or in conversation, what are some things you wish for? And some folks wish for more money, which is not a bad wish, right? The more money you have, the more help you can give people. The more you can, you can do, it's, it's not a bad wish, but it, it won't get at David's wish for peace, right? I talked to someone this week, and they want to get married. She wants to find a husband and have, like, this really good relationship. I get that. I get that wish. I understand that. Um, I was talking to a mom, and she wanted a dreamy vacation. Um, I understand that, wanting to be your wish. That might have been what I wished for on that, on that wishbone, right, um, this week. But I think David's wish for peace, peace on earth, peace in our home, peace in our lives, I think if we were all honest in here, that's probably what we all really want is peace, Right? Um, so also in Costco, while I was getting this chicken, I, has anybody been in Costco, Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart, or Target lately and noticed, you know, these green and red Christmas decorations up? Anybody seen this? Yes. Um, so, but, it, you know, the Christmas stuff is out. We're all like... With the news, like, let's just be honest, what's happening in Israel with the Palestinians, what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening in our world here. Like, let's be honest, y'all, okay? We all are desperate for peace on earth. 
And there's something about those Christmas things being out that reminds me of the announcement of Jesus' birth when the angels are in the sky of a world that is hurting and lacking all peace. And they say, glory to God in the highest peace on earth. That's what this baby is going to bring. Paul starts every letter in the New Testament, not this one because it's Jude that's highlighted, but all of these letters back here that he starts and he's writing to churches in this desperate and violent time. Every single letter starts out grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. Not grace and power, not grace and riches, not grace and TikTok fame, not any of that. He says grace and peace because he knows This is the history from the beginning to the end that people need and want peace, real peace. Peace from heaven, a divine peace. A peace that money in the bank won't give you. A peace that that success on the outside won't give you because you'll still feel empty inside. A, A peace for your marriage and for your home. A peace that only comes from God. That's what we want, right? Peace. Anybody here missing peace and want it deeply and desperately in your life, in our community, and in our world? Anybody, anybody want that? And instead, what many of us know so, so well is the opposite of that. Tension. We live afraid and anxious. I'm the number one person here that does this. We live with these these misunderstandings and this dysfunction in the relationships that we have. We harbor unforgiveness and anger in our hearts. And some of us are asking this morning, she's standing up there saying her six-year-old wishes for peace in his life and in the world and in our home. Is peace even possible? Some of you are asking, is peace even possible? And I need you to know this, okay? I need you to know. I've asked that question this week. Is peace really possible on this side of heaven? And I didn't get up this morning with a a kid that's borderline sick, maybe is sick. I didn't get up this morning and come here. We didn't set up this this room this morning for, for this question to not be answered when we leave leave here. Is peace possible? It is. Divine peace, the shalom, the heart of Jesus for you and for this world is that peace is possible. Today, right now. So if you are asking, is peace even possible? You're not the first people that have asked this. And God has answered this question for time and time and time again. And God has said, yes, peace is possible. One of my favorite scriptures comes from Isaiah chapter 26. We've talked about this before. The people of Israel are living in anxious, desperate, and dark times. The people of Israel, does that name sound familiar? Right? They're still, right? We still live in anxious, desperate, and dark times. And and the people look to Isaiah, who's a prophet. He speaks truth in the here and now about what it is God is and will be doing in their lives. And in, in in, in his promise, in his prophecy to the people, he says, there's coming a day. 
There's coming a day when everyone in the land of Judah, because Israel has had issues forever and ever, right? It's split into a north kingdom and a south kingdom, and there's all this, all this tension. There's a day when even in the land of Judah, people will sing this song, Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Did y'all hear that? Not we are surrounded by the perfect house we managed to build or get an offer in and, and get, right? We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. We aren't surrounded by the perfect job, by the perfect family, by the perfect circumstances, by all the perfect things in the world. We are surrounded by the wall of God's salvation. We trust We trust and believe and cling to the promise that God is saving and is redeeming. There's going to be a day when everybody does this. Open the gates. We don't need any more walls. We don't need people to stay in the exact right places. Open the gates to all who are righteous. All who are seeking a right relationship with God and others. Allow the faithful to enter into this city. There's a day when our praise and our worship for God will be endless and boundless. You will keep in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. peace. You will keep in perfect peace. Say it again. Perfect peace. Perfect peace all who trust in you. Where does the perfect peace come from? Trust in God. All of those who are fixed on you. All of those who are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. I don't know about y'all, but um, perfect peace that we all said, I am more familiar with imperfect and inconsistent peace. I can literally pray like, God, I'm going to give this situation over to you. I'm going to give it all to you. And I feel this like peace after the prayer. And three minutes later, I'm like, um, do you remember me giving that to you, God? I need it fixed like now. I meant like now, right? Not, not in a week or a, a couple of days. I meant fix it now, right? I am most familiar with an inconsistent and imperfect peace. Three minutes after praying, I can be filled with anxiety, dread, fear, personal insecurity. Y'all aren't like that, huh? Y'all are all looking at me like that's not what you do. It's just me. It's fine. Today's sermon is for me. But that word peace that I talked about, that I used from Isaiah, it's a Hebrew word and it means shalom. That's the word, shalom. And it's so much more than just peace. Can y'all say shalom? Say it. It's this wholeness, this complete, this full peace with God, right? We're not worried about God being mad at us or angry at us or us having to be perfect to stand before his feet and worship him. It is this perfect peace that we have with God. It is this perfect peace that we have with each other. We're not living our lives with these disagreements that separate us constantly with with this, this like load of unforgiveness. We aren't living our lives bitter in relationships with each other. We have peace with each other. That's what shalom is. God. Peace with God. Peace with each other. Peace with ourselves. We've made peace with that darkness and that brokenness and that pain and that shame and that grief inside of us. We've made peace with that doubt and that darkness that we have in ourselves. It is peace with circumstances 
We don't believe anymore that all our problems will be perfect and life will be exactly the way we want for us to have peace. Shalom is peace with God, peace with each other, peace with ourselves, peace with our circumstances. And the actual, the actual verse in this, when Isaiah is proclaiming this over people dealing with darkness and desperation, with violence and chaos in their lives, he says, you will be kept in shalom, shalom. This wholeness, this completeness, this fullness of peace. Shalom, shalom. A double dose of the wholeness and completeness and fullness of peace. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. What is shalom? It is not the absence of problems. Isaiah was not prophesying this word over people who did not have problems. But he did, he did prophesy this. That even when we are living in the midst of our problems and our circumstances, we are not outside of the presence of God. And shalom is about being in the presence of God. Do you hear me? It doesn't mean our world, our lives, our, our circumstances, all those things. We're not absent of problems. We live in the presence of God. That Christmas tree you see in Target, let it be a reminder of why we celebrate that season because God promised to be with us forever and ever. You're walking a dark, hard, lonely path. God's got your hand and is there with you. That's where shalom, shalom comes from. The presence of God. It is not the absence of problems. It is the presence of God. God's presence allows us to see our lives differently. It allows us to persist and endure differently because we can cling to this promise that we are not alone. We are not alone. Did y'all hear that verse? If our trust is fixed upon God. What are you fixed upon lately? What are you fixed upon? I get fixated upon a lot of things that are not God's shalom or peace. I'm not going to tell them to you, um, but I get fixed upon things a lot. I want things to be perfect and wonderful right now, and I think I have all of the solutions, and my mind gets fixed upon making those things happen. What is your mind fixed upon? What is your mind fixed upon? Thousands of years later, after Isaiah prophesies to the people, this is what Paul writes to people in Philippians who are still living in dark and desperate times, right? And who are still seeking peace. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Fix your mind on things that are noble. Fix your mind upon things that are right and pure, lovely and admirable. Y'all like that weather this week? Fix your mind upon those mornings when we walked outside and we needed a jacket in Florida. Thank you, Jesus. Those are good moments. Yes, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or you have seen in me, put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put these good things of God into practice. And the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. Shalom is not about the absence of problems. It is about the presence of God. 
It is not about fixing our mind upon all the things we think can fix our world. It is about fixing our mind upon God. Peace is found in praise of God. Peace is found in praise of God. I know what it's like to show up here on a Sunday morning and not think I have a lot to praise God for. I know what it's like to to sit at home on a Thursday night and not feel like I have a lot to praise God for. I know what that, that feels like. But Isaiah says, peace, shalom with God, with each other, with ourselves, and with our circumstances. Peace in our world depends on praising God. Think of the things we praise. You did that report at work really good, right? You did this thing really well. I, literally, a teenager walked into our church this morning and the first thing I told him was how good he did in flag football, pulling a flag yesterday. I saw it on, on a story on Instagram. We, those are the things we fix upon is everybody doing the right and perfect and good and winning thing. And what God says, what Isaiah says, shalom, shalom comes from praising God. Praising God's, the the noble and trustworthy and true things that God has done in our lives. I don't have a perfect life. Y'all are probably like, she can sit up there and say, y'all can trust in the perfect peace of God because she has a perfect life. I don't. And I struggle to find shalom. It feels like a battle every single day, if I'm honest. Sometimes this week as I read this scripture, I felt like zero parts of me could stand up here and authentically tell you and honestly tell you about the peace of God. I didn't want to preach this message because I have such a hard time living in the peace of God. But Christmas, thank you, whoever decided to put up Christmas decorations. I'll never have a war on Christmas decorations being up in October because Christmas reminds me of Emmanuel. God is with us. Even as I struggle with mental health or insecurity or doubt, even when I struggle with real problems and and long for peace in the world, it doesn't come from God magically removing all of these things. It doesn't come from my life looking perfectly and instantaneously like I want it to, to come. It comes from knowing that God holds my hand and God holds tomorrow. God holds your hand and God holds tomorrow. Thursday night I sat on a couch in, a, in my living room with a bunch of women. We did not ignore our problems. Some of us brought pain there. One woman said, I showed up today and I've cried literally all day long and this is the last place I wanted to be. And you know what we did? We didn't ignore we had problems, but we prayed and we read the Bible about a God who wants to bring us peace, not in the absence of problems, but the simple way of just showing up for each other begins to to help us focus on the things that are true and real. And that is God is with you and God holds your hand. He holds my hand and God holds tomorrow. Will, my son, was, was not feeling good yesterday and he cuddled up to me and he said to me, Mom... He looked up at me with those little eyes and he said, thank you so much for taking such good care of me. I was like, you're the sweetest kid in the whole world. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking such good care of me. And last night, 
when I laid in my bed after a week of struggling mightily with some mental health issues in my own life and in my community, I snuggled up in my bed and I, told, I just prayed to God, thank you so much for taking care of me and the people you love. We didn't focus on our problems. We praised the God who is present with us no matter what. I don't know what y'all brought in here this morning. I know what I brought in. I don't know what you brought in. But I, I need to tell you something. I thank God that He will take care of you. The pieces of your life that are missing peace, God is holding your hand as you travel through those, as you explore those or trudge through those. God is holding your hand. And for those of you worried right now about what tomorrow is going to look like, I'm not saying don't make a plan and don't have a good... good I, that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that I know the God who holds tomorrow. And God wants you to have a peace about that. If you can't say this morning, thank you God for taking care of me, I want to just give you an opportunity to bow your head right now and trust your life and your heart to the God who brings perfect peace. Will you pray with me? God, this morning, for those in this room who are longing for shalom, shalom, I pray. I pray for the people who need a double dose of peace with each other. For those who in this moment and through this sermon were well aware of the bitterness or anger, the unforgiveness that they harbor in their hearts. And we pray, God, you'll help us step by step to experience your peace. Shalom, shalom. God, I pray for those who are sitting here this morning aware of the pain of their darkness, of their own lives, their doubt and their insecurity, their anxiety and their fear, their questions of whether they're worthy or not. God, shalom, shalom, I pray over them. May they know your peace in those places. God, for those who, who do not have peace with the circumstances they are facing right now in their lives, chronic and terminal illness, relationships, Financial issues, job issues, all the things, God, shalom, shalom, I pray over their problems and their circumstances, God. Make it real for them that you are with them. Hold their hand, God. Give them peace. And for those this morning who are living without peace, with you, God. I pray that this is the morning that they know that Jesus has opened that way up for them already. That Jesus is the bridge between our tension and our anxiety and our fear and our worry that we aren't good enough and will take us to you just as we are. And we can stand before you whole and full, knowing we are worthy to shine your light and ignite your change, God. Shalom. Shalom, I pray over your people. Shalom, shalom, amen.